Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Coming up on KWTX at 4, we'll show you how a monthly market in East Waco provides a creative space for artisans and brings the community together. Plus, a banquet that impacts incarcerated adults and juveniles in Central Texas is happening soon. We'll have the details and how you can participate. And KWTX at 4 isn't the only one celebrating its one-year anniversary this week. Degrees of Science hits the one-year mark as well. Join us for a look back at our best interviews, some of the fun learning, and all of the exciting things we talk about. KWTX at 4 starts now. Thanks for joining us. I'm Justin Early here with Lauren Westbrook and meteorologist Camille Hawksworth. We got to look outside today and it looked more like fall. We got to celebrate a gray day today and it felt a little bit more like it or it kind of is. It, We're getting there. Yeah, that you know, temperatures, cooler temperatures is a story in itself, but um, I've had several people say, I had to use my windshield wipers today. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's exciting. <laughs> Yeah, we're glad to see it, and we'll talk more about the forecast coming up in a little bit. Maybe even more chances of rain here. Definitely more chances for rain. Okay. All right, so let's get into our daily four. So there have been several reports about how much power insurance companies have, even more than your doctor sometimes when it comes to availability of treatment. The latest report from the Wall Street Journal shows how much insurance companies mark up the, right, the prices for prescription generic prescription drugs, even for complex diseases like cancer multiple sclerosis and others. This report gave the example of a cancer drug called Gleevec. As little as $55 per month, 55 bucks is all it would cost per month generally. The report says insurers like Cigna and CVS Health can charge $6,600 or more per month though because they set prices for pharmacies, which they might even own in the case of CVS. Maverick's owner Mark Cuban has his own pharmacy meant to help with cost. That Cuban pharmacy, which buys generics from manufacturers with just $10 shipping, has a little 15% markup in the cost of pharmacy labor. So a report kind of, this report showed the comparison of his cost of the drugs, looking at um, others as well. So looking at a selection of 20 different generics, Cygnus prices were 27.4% higher. 27.4%, actually times higher, that's times higher, not percent higher, than the other drugs available. CVS's were 24.2 per, uh, times higher, using 17 of those drugs which were available, and United's were about 3.5 uh, times higher. Again, that's times, not percentage, so you're talking about multiple. So a 2,700 markup or something like that for some of those things. It seems like a lot. Uh, it is a lot. And, you know, Cigna said, listen, don't look at just these certain drugs. Look at the whole picture mm -hmm. um, because look at the costs we provide for other medications. But for those that have to take those drugs that are markups of 27 times 
the actual cost. It's it's pretty difficult to pay for that. I mean, it's a lot of money. Do you guys remember the guy, the young oh, guy? Oh yes. The, what is his name? Do you remember Doctor something? Uh, do Which you know one? what I'm he talking about? He was shameless too. Yeah. And he marked up. Okay, Justin. There was this young guy who I know, it was HIV drugs, I believe. Okay, yeah, yeah. He invested in. Yeah. Jacked up the prices yeah. way high. This kind of reminds me of that as well. And mm -hmm. um, I think the Mark Cuban thing has. He's had that pharmacy for a couple of years now, right? right. And it seems to be doing pretty well. I mean, you look at the. You know, it's just basically the only costs he's really adding are costs associated with distribution right. and handling the drugs. So people can look at that as an option if they're having trouble. But uh, that's it's a lot of money. I mean, just those markups are really absurd. Especially when you have um, sicknesses or illnesses yeah. that affect a lot of different people. That's a lot of money when you factor. You said only fifty-five dollars a month, and I'm thinking, wow, fifty-five dollars a month. That's a lot of money when you think at your monthly budget. And so just having that cost-effective. You know, we talk about cost-saving times yeah. all the way, all the time. So this. This is definitely one you want to look into. Pharmacies like Mark Cuban's that help reduce the price. I think you know the thing to take away from this is we have the power to shop around. Mm -hmm. So look around, and there are a lot of you know coupons for medications as well. So if you think it's really really expensive, it may be maybe you can get some kind of a discount. Know your options. Yeah. That's yeah. sure. the number two in our daily four. All right, we've talked a lot about aliens on the daily four, yeah. but this one. It's a little out of this world. This one is kind of crazy. Uh, there was a scientist uh, in Mexico are pulling back the curtain on what they believe are aliens. Remains of alleged non-human beings were presented during Mexico's first public co congressional hearing on unidentified anomalous phenomena, UAPs, or they've been known, also known as UFOs. According to a researcher, the two stuffed bodies were found in 2017 in Peru and are said to be between 700 and 1800 years old with only three fingers on each hand and elongated heads. You can see the pictures there. The hearing aimed to rule on the phenomena in the aerial space protection law which would turn Mexico into the first country in the world to acknowledge the presence of aliens on this planet. What do you guys think? I'm a little suspicious. <laughs> I mean, you know. A little we'll, skeptical. Yeah. I, I, would, I would like to reserve a little bit of judgment. I know that in the article, um, it said something about if you were to test the DNA, you can see that it's not human DNA, it's not DNA from this planet, but has the DNA been tested? I don't think it has, and if it has, they haven't published the results. That would be a big, you know, noteworthy subjects to, to talk about. Um, but listen, I mean, we heard a lot that came out in that testimony earlier this summer. We did. But we didn't see anything like this. And again, these are old, old samples. Um, so I don't know, maybe if something was produced um, that could be more verified, I might be more likely to think, yes, this is legitimate. Definitely some big question marks. I think we'll probably be hearing a lot more um, about what happens in Mexico in the coming weeks or yeah. months, but it's definitely important to note that the researcher testified under oath with his discoveries. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I mean, listen, I, that's one of those things that you think, well, it, it certainly, everything is possible. We have a massive universe, but what about this particular thing? Oh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. We'll, we'll, we'll see. see. I feel like we're all kind of dancing around <laughs> like, I don't know. I think it just kind of debunks everything we've yeah. ever thought was like real. And and I think we just keep these discoveries coming and coming. We're like, what is actually true? What's not true anymore? And, you know, I remember standing in line at the grocery store with, with my mom as a little tiny boy in the 80s and looking at the National Enquirer and seeing these things, some of which have borne out to be true in some cases. So you never know. We'll let you know. Now it's a number three in our daily four. <laughs> yes, this is certain. The 40th MTV Video Music Awards at the Prudential Center in Newark, New Jersey last night. Nicki Minaj hosted and performed Shakira, was the first South American artist to receive a Video Vanguard Award. 
and Diddy got the Global Icon Award. The night ended with a 50th anniversary salute to hip hop, but a big moment for Taylor Swift at the awards show turned out to be an even bigger moment for fans. My little 90s heart was <laughs> glowing. Yeah. Take a look at this. <laughs> yeah, all five members of NSYNC presented the award for best pop video. It is the first time the bandmates have reunited on stage since 2013. Taylor Swift may have taken home the moon man for her hit anti-hero, but judging by the excitement on her face and you saw it a moment ago, you see her right there. When the boy band stepped on stage, she was just as excited for this appearance. Unfortunately for NSYNC fans, the brief reunion went bye 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 almost as fast as it happened. I think they're giving us clues lately and yes. some advertisements though that there may be a reunion in the works or at least a song in the movie uh, Trolls. I, I think there's okay. going to be a song. Yeah. That's right, yeah. And in that Disney movie and or Pixar, I don't know. So, I can't remember yeah. who does that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I can't stop the feeling was Justin Timberlake's song Dreamworks. Dreamworks. So Thank you. Us. Love all of you in the booth that yeah. let us know that. Yes. <laughs> you know, JT had a song that song can't stop the feeling right in one of the earlier Trolls movies. So now everybody's on board. We've had so many reunion tours though. Backstreet Boys did it. New Kids on the Block are still doing this occasionally. <laughs> yeah. That's from the 80s. So it's not beyond the realm of possibility. We could see an instinct tour. I feel I think oh. this is what's what we're building. I feel up like to they here. just needed Justin to get back on board and they yeah. were good to go. Yeah. And it, it looks like he's in there. So. Wow. You know, Justin Timberlake doesn't do anything if not unintentional. So mm -hmm. there is definitely some intentionality yeah. on the timing of them coming back together. Did you ever go to an instant concert back? Oh in the yes, house? and I the know. Backstreet Boys. I was that girl. One thousand percent. Instant, how many times? In sync once. once? Okay. Backstreet Boys a little bit. I was a Backstreet. Was girl. it the Space Cowboy tour? Uh, they're they're, they're um, all great. Yeah. They kind of run together sometimes, but yes. the true fans know that. This song is this. this I've seen Justin solo too. I mean, oh, yeah, don't get me started. Too. I love <laughs> them all. I thought you meant this Justin for a minute. I was like, wait, I haven't seen the Backstreet Boys in sync solo from Justin. You need a Justin solo tour. The same, I promise you. No, nothing like that. Let's go to number four in our daily four. Uh, Halloween still seven weeks away. I can't believe it's that close, honestly. But a lot of businesses are already cashing in on spooky season enthusiasm with retailers releasing Halloween merchandise as early as July. But Starbucks now is on the boo bandwagon too. The coffee giant is out with this year's Halloween drinkware lineup and that includes some tumblers, cold cups, mugs and more. And the drinkware hits shelves this month at participating locations for a limited time. You can see there's kind of the, the skeleton face there. We see a maybe a Frankenstein inspired uh, I green like the cup hot there. pink pumpkin. The hot pink pumpkin's yeah. kind of cool. And there are lots of different varieties, so they have a lot of choices. Uh, and the items range in price from $14.95 to $29.95. So if you have someone in your life who loves coffee and loves spooky season, you kind of have a perfect gift there for them. I and think I, he's sitting right next people. to me. And <laughs> that lime green one kind of gives me Ghostbuster vibes. Oh. Oh, yeah. oh, that's true, yeah. like Slimer, right? Slime. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see that working. Yeah, yeah. Back to the 90s, Nickelodeon vibes there, too. Oh. A monthly market in East Waco could share you some good weather. They gather local artisans, artists, and vendors all in one place to share their goods with the community. It's more than just a place to buy and sell, though. Yeah, the East Side Market aims to create a welcoming atmosphere and create a space for everybody to enjoy. Here to tell us more as the marketing director, we have Eric Linares, and we want to thank you for being here. Oh, thank uh, you. Because yeah. people, some folks know the East Side Market, they go all the time, they're regulars. Mm -hmm. For those who do not, tell us what the East Side Market is and how it came about. 
So the East Side Market is a monthly market that we host at Brotherwell Brewing over on East Waco. It's essentially a space where we want to kind of create an uh, opening, inviting atmosphere for people to come out, uh, for, for creatives, for artisans, for small entrepreneurs to kind of showcase their wares, connect with people, and just build this sense of community. You know, we, we're all out here, we're all trying to, to create things and we want to uh, make this Waco a better place. Why is this so important for you, especially in East Waco? So East Waco, I think, uh, you know, East Waco was one of the places that uh, Brotherwell Brewery kind of like, that's where they were and they that's where we were invited to kind of like present our, our market. That was where we first kind of started out. But more than that, you know, East Waco is such a, you know, was such a vibrant community. It was such a, a amazing space that had a long history of culture, a long history of, of, of creativity, of music, of art. And uh, what, one of the things we want to do with the East Side Market, and one of the things that we've always tried to come across was that we wanted this to be an opportunity to showcase a lot of those creativities, that, those artisans that kind of uh, have been in East Waco for a long time. And, you know, I think it's an important thing, especially in today's, you know, what's happening today and everything. We want to make sure that the stories and the, the you know, the art of East Waco is, is, is there front and center and it's always uplifted. You know, for people who haven't gone, we've seen some great pictures there that kind of show mm -hmm. it, but take us through the experience. What are we seeing? What are we smelling? What are we hearing when we go out to that market? So Eastside Market, you know, when we created the market, we wanted really a space for us creatives, uh, for us, you know, personally to just hang out, have a great time, get a beer with friends, you know, grab some food from the food trucks, just listen to good music, connect with, with artists, creatives, see like uh, art being created in motion. Mm -hmm. uh, that's really the, the essence is just creating a space where people can kind of come out and just see the taste of the stuff that's happening in Waco, the stuff that the, the, the artist community and those creators are doing around town. If you like what you're listening to, we have a QR code on the screen. It goes to the East Side Market Instagram page. Is that the best place where people can get in touch with you? Definitely, that's the one we always keep up to date. You know, we like to be very kind of like on the, on the creative uh, social media side. So that's where you're gonna get all the up-to-date information. We know um, it's monthly at Brotherwell. Mm -hmm. um, and the next one's coming up September the 16th, Saturday. Mm -hmm from 5 to 9 p.m. so it's that evening sort of market right oh yes okay. and because of the you know the heat and today's yeah. uh, and all the stuff we, we like to push it back into the evening times yeah. what sorts of vendors I know we saw a lot of artisans but what and you mentioned food tell us about some of the food vendors that are there and some of the other types of art we could see in crafts jewelry we right. could buy things like that so food trucks we always have a, a really great lineup of uh, upcoming food trucks food trucks that have been established around here uh, artists you know artisan creators you know crafts jewelry uh, accessories. One of our biggest component is actually uh, clothing. Mm -hmm. So uh, a lot of the vintage clothing side of it, thrifting, that kind of uh, side of the the fashion has really kind of come up. And, and you're video. seeing groups out having a good yeah. time at previous markets. If someone's watching and wants to become a vendor, I know you mentioned it, reaching out to you on Instagram, but what is that process like? Yeah, on Instagram, you'll find a link to our website page, which is uh, eastsidemarketwtx.com. Uh, there you'll find the application process, and it's a simple, really straightforward application. You know, when we started, we wanted to make it accessible and easy for anybody, from, from somebody that's just starting in their in their house, the dorm room, a side room, just something to, to create. We wanted to give them a space to kind of mm -hmm. showcase their wares. You mentioned earlier people can watch art being created, and I mm -hmm. think, if I'm not wrong, that's live, like live graffiti, right? Tell us about that. Yeah, uh, that was one of the biggest things when we when we created the space. We wanted to have kind of this 
this wall of art always mm -hmm. and always changing. So we, we've always had artists come out, graffiti artists come out, and during the market they'll be out there. And uh, every every month it changes, and it's just been a cool place to just see the you know the, the kind of space change and all this new art being put on there. What's your been the most satisfying part of all this for you, being one who's been part of the development of this and the marketing of it? For me, it's really just kind of creating inviting places for, for Wacoans and people coming into Waco or, or anybody in the community that's always been to just kind of have a space where they can connect with other people and they can really kind of like see what's happening in their town and see what's happening in their city. You know, I'm really invested in, in the cultural side of Waco and seeing the arts, the music, the food, all the small entrepreneurial drives to like really kind of flourish. So spaces like these, markets like these, and yeah. events that happen in, around town, that's, that's what we yeah. love. And Eric, you're a transplant like many of mm -hmm. us here in the Waco area from the Beaumont area. What has been unique about Waco to you to create this space? No, I, mean, I got here uh, in 2012 and ever since then, you know, this really great kind of like collaborative spirit that Waco has, this idea of, you know, we want to create something new. And a lot of the people that I that I roll with, you know, whenever they, they're missing something or if they see something that we need, they go out there and they create it. And uh, and there's a lot of support in all of the businesses, all of the small micro businesses to the, to the larger businesses. And I think that we're kind of cultivating that and uh, it's something that's really cool to see. I want to ask about the food trucks a little more because you know we've seen in this in this area so mm -hmm. many times food trucks uh, have something really unique and then they become brick and mortars and then you mm -hmm. can't get in because they're so popular. So what are some of the types of food types of food we can expect to taste? So out everything from favorite? from burgers to uh, to sliders to uh, soul food we usually have like tacos we'll have uh, uh, Asian food and so it's 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 all over the place and yeah. we've we've definitely seen a lot of like food trucks come through and you know we've been going at it for four years now so they, we've seen the transition from like small you know tent vendors up to brick and mortar so it's been a really cool ride. That's fantastic. Oh Eric thank you so mm -hmm. much and hoping you have a great yeah. successful market uh, Eastside Market here in East Waco. You can shop with all of the vendors there this weekend Saturday from 9 five, 5 to 9. I was about to say 9 yeah. 5. <laughs> 5 to 9 at the Brotherwell Brewing in East for more than 30 years, Jail Ministry has brought the gospel message of faith and hope to incarcerated adults and juveniles in Central Texas. Everything from handing out free Bibles to offering anger resolution classes, the nonprofit Jail Ministry aims to bring restoration through Jesus Christ. But those programs depend on contributions from business communities, churches, and you, just everyday people. Here to share more about an event where you can help out, a board member, Thomas Miller. Mm -hmm. Thomas also happens to work yes. with us here at KWTX. Welcome, Thomas. We're glad to have you in front of the camera today. Well, thanks for having me. I'm, I told y'all, it's like I'm wearing a different hat now. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, tell us a little bit about what is going to be happening on October the 19th. Yeah, so it is their uh, 35th uh, uh, anniversary banquet. And during the event, what they're gonna do is go through and uh, kind of highlight some of their uh, the special occurrences throughout the year, provide a report and an update to the community and to the members who are there uh, at that time. Uh, and they're gonna have a guest speaker named uh, John Black. Um, in their, in their world, they work through a company called, or organization called Right Way Prison Ministries, and John run, helps run that, helps, uh, run that uh, organization, and uh, so he'll be one of their guest speakers. The 35th year for this mm -hmm. event, that's tremendous. Why did it start in the first place? Yeah, so it was started by a, a man named Harold Ellis in uh, about 1988 range, mm -hmm. um, and it's because there was, the, there was a vacancy for that in the, in the Bell County area. And so he, you know, it didn't exist. There wasn't really a jail ministry at that time, and so he, 
he started it, you know, and he started, you know, you got to crawl before you walk and walk before you run. He just did it and started the process to, to bring in, um, to bring in volunteers to help teach. And so that's. What kind of impact has it had in that time? What have you seen as far as impact? Well, so they, uh, you know, may talk a little bit about it in a minute, but they, they pr produce a, a live show on mm -hmm. Thursday. They have a radio stream and the letters, you see the letters of people writing in saying, hey, this is, this has helped me so much. Thank you so much. Plus those, you know, some of the, some of the volunteers now are, uh, have had some involvement in the past of maybe mm -hmm. on the other side. And, and, uh, and, uh, and so you hear those stories of if it had not been for jail ministry, my life wouldn't have uh, uh, turned out the way it was. Yeah. So. That's wonderful. What are some of the services specifically if people are showing up to this banquet or donating those services that are going to help these people? Yeah, so, so the, the funds towards the banquet go to help cover uh, anger management classes. And so that goes to help cover that. It helps cover the Bible costs. Um, it helps to cover, um, you know, in addition, they do life skills training. And then it also helps, you know, we're talking, they predominantly work locally with the Bell County Jail System, but it also helps cover uh, the cost to produce online content. And so with their online content, you know, inmates and, 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 and offenders, they have uh, access to stripped down tablets. They're not their traditional tablet, but they're, they're a tablet meant for the prison system where they can check their mail, their scanned mail, they scan the mail coming in. But on that, it allows them to, uh, we, jail ministry provides content to those providers in the form of video and audio, and in some cases, uh, live audio from a stream they produce. The, the director is a, is a former radio personality, and so he put a lot of work into getting the radio portion working. More about that, a banquet a little bit though. For those who are gonna be attending, what can they expect? And you mentioned also a speaker, John Black, I believe you said his name was. Tell us about his background a little bit too. Yeah, so John, uh, he's associated with the Right Way Prison Ministries, and he kind of has a story. Uh, if you read his bio, he's got a kind of a, a background in, in working through uh, that at an early age, just said, I wanna do something to contribute and uh, partnered with the right way and, uh, and the rest is, you know, is, as, an, as, a, as an offender, if you work through their system and use their material, it's a correspondence, mail correspondence, uh, he will work with those, with those offenders and help uh, grade and there's grading and all sorts of, so he'll work with them directly on that. This is a perfect example of how the jail ministry goes beyond central Texas mm -hmm. with this podcast. This is far reaching, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like I said, 400,000 as of, as of today, about 400,000 uh, uh, offenders uh, and they have tablets and it reaches across the United States. For you personally, what, what was, was there something that kind of led you to want to be involved in this other than just being the kind person that we know you are having known you professionally for so many years, <laughs> but you know, what brought you into this and what's it been like for you being a part of this? Why do you keep doing it? Yeah, so I, I moved to the Central Texas area in about 2015. And uh, one of the members of our church, um, his name's Steve Cannon, he's the, the executive director of jail, said, hey Thomas, would you mind uh, helping us out with some projects? And it was, it was video related. And, and uh, I said, you know, let's do it. You know, let's go. So they, they invested little money to get the equipment, camera, and, and the microphone system going. And, and they had a steady supply of people ready to, to record. And, and so I, that, that got me into that mix. And so we, I just kept getting plugged in more and more with what they do. And, and so that's it just, it, it, you know, 
some of it's heartfelt, and, and I think that looking at what it does for, for the offenders yeah. in the community, just far-reaching uh, impact. I'm sure there is a story after story of, per, of people yeah. who have who ex experienced this, both still inside and outside as well. So yeah. we appreciate you coming to kind of tell yeah. us about all this. Yeah, thanks yeah. to your much. faith and, and your hard work with oh, yeah. your group. So thank you for sharing the message and hope the banquet is a huge success. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, thanks Thomas. Thanks a lot. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.